Welcome to the Sunday message from Hollyview Church in Boring, Oregon. We gather every Sunday morning as a worshiping community of Jesus followers on mission to see God glorified in our lives, our cities, and around the world. At Hollyview, the Bible serves as our foundation and guide for both life and ministry. It tells the story of God and the story of us. We believe the better we know the themes and flow of the biblical story, the better we will be able to find our little place in God's grand storyline. Thank you for joining us. And now here's this week's message from Hollyview Church. We are in week two of Advent and our second special message from Pastor Joel called Peace. We're in Psalm 85. My hope this morning is that we'll be still enough for the next few moments to hear the Lord whisper peace. Uh, In a world that longs for peace during this season especially, that we're reminded that peace came through a little baby in a manger. But before we get there, I I actually want to illustrate this message by telling you about a potter's shop uh, that was right next to the youth center that we worked in in Kran, Slovenia. Uh, We were missionaries over in Kran, Slovenia. We had this youth, uh, youth shop uh, or youth center over there, and right next door was this, like, it was probably eight foot by ten foot little pottery uh, pottery shop, and there was a lady who had leased it that we got to know because we would pass her every day, and we began to uh, be friends with her, and she had, like, this wheel and this little top and some shelves of some of her her pottery that she would uh, she would sell. She went to college for pottery making. I don't know who does that, but in Slovenia, uh, she did, and so we struck up conversations with her and, and just tried to be a light to her. And so often when people would come from the States or teams would come, we would often bring them over to, uh, to her shop for two things, really, that they would have like cool souvenirs and they'd tell her how they made different pieces uh, of, the, of the pottery. Uh, but then also we would give her some extra income. So uh, we were hoping to be a blessing uh, to her. I remember one time specifically in this little tiny shop, we were crowded in with uh, a team that had come from the States, and she was explaining how she makes all this, uh, this pottery. And, and in front of her, on, on that wheel, was a vase. It was probably three foot tall, uh, and it was cut out, and it was all kinds of ornate. It had all these leaves around there that she had like finely crafted, something that you would see like maybe in your garden uh, outside. It was just, just absolutely beautiful. And so she's talking to us in her little broken English, a little accent, a uh, very delightful uh, lady. And as she's working on this vase, she's talking to this American team. And then all of a sudden, uh, I noticed that one of the sides began to crumble uh, and dip, and then... In the next few moments, I noticed her uh, just nonchalantly, this whole vase that she had spent days working on, she started kneading back to a ball of clay. And I felt horrible. I was like, I'm sorry, we distracted you. I'm sorry we're in here. And, and, this, and this lady, the, the potter, she, she, she responded in a thing I still remember. She says, no, that's okay. That's not, meant, that's not what the clay was meant to be. You see, as a, the potter, she knew, now I'm going to keep working with this clay so that it becomes what I want it to be. And, and that vase, even though I had spent days working on it, was not what the clay was, was meant to be. She had like this uh, vision or this perspective that was way bigger than what I had because the potter knew, I'm not going to be finished with this clay. I'm not going to throw it out. I'm going to uh, put it back down to this lump of clay and continue uh, to work on the clay. Now, in that same way, 
that the potter found this like peace in the moment that I was devastated, when it felt like everything was crumbling and falling apart. In the same way as that, this morning we're going to journey through a song in the Psalms. And we're going to find this path to peace in the storms. And we're going to discover that true biblical peace is with this inward state of being that is whole and complete, knowing that you're in the potter's hands. Biblical peace is this inward state of being whole and complete. It's not the absence of wars. There's something more. And you might be sitting here this morning, probably like me, this initial reaction to boy, when things go crumbling down all around you, your first response is like devastation and sadness and confusion and chaos. How do you find peace in moments like that? When the whole world's crumbling around, when there's wars everywhere, when in health situations and relationships, it feels like everything is falling apart. Where do you find peace? When the cracks begin to grow. How do you find peace? Well, I want that to bring us back to Psalm 85 this morning as we're going to journey uh, through this song in three different movements as we journey in this path to peace. But even before we begin that journey, I just want to ask you, think: is there some, an area in your life where you're just like, man, I, I just don't have peace in that area? It's just, it's just it feels like it's represented in that vase that things are just falling apart. They're, they're cracking, they're crumbling, and the things I've worked for, they're just not there. And, and you're just longing for, for peace this morning, the peace of God. And wherever it is, wherever that place is, let, let's journey through Psalm 85 this morning to see if we can find, find peace, this inward state of being whole and complete. Here's the first movement, if you're taking notes. Movement number one in the psalm is receiving forgiveness. Receiving forgiveness is basically going, I'm putting myself in the potter's hands. Now, this psalm was written, most commentaries think, uh, in the contents of it, say it was written after they returned from exile in Babylon. Uh, so the nation of Israel had sinned and rebelled. God sent the nation of Babylon to come and capture them, send them out. But there's a promise in Jeremiah that for 70 years, and then they'll be uh, released and forgiven. And so they find themselves back in the land once again. And the first thing that they do on this journey to, to peace is, is they remember that they had received forgiveness. That once they were enemies of the Lord and the Lord had forgiven them, had restored them. Uh, look in the first three or two verses, and also the, t- the title as well. Psalm 85, it says, To the choir master, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. Selah. Now, Selah, we don't really know what that word means. A lot of things is a musical thing, uh, but there's also a consensus that this just means you just need to stop. You just need to stop right there. Don't, don't keep reading. Just pause for a moment. And they pause to remember. Do you remember where your journey with the Lord began? You remember that, that time when you were like a, a sinner, you were far off from God, and you said, Lord, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need your restoration. I need salvation in my life because I'm far from you. you remember, do you remember that time where you were? Just pause there and remember that. 
we let the burdens of this life, the shame, all those things compile on. Remember that place that you laid them at the foot of the cross and Jesus forgave them. You were forgiven and free. Verse 3 says, you withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. Well, this first movement really focuses on the beginning of the forgiveness that God has already accomplished. Uh, Notice all the verbs in this first movement are all in the past tense. You were favorable. You restored. You forgave. You covered. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned. So all in the past tense as they're remembering that the path, the peace, begins with the forgiveness of God. It's this free gift to God. So I'm sure the Israelites, as they're singing this song, they pause there and they recall the Lord's forgiveness. One time we were enemies, we were rebellious, we were just evil, and the Lord forgave us and he's restoring us. He's bringing us back. He's making them whole again. Like the potter, he doesn't throw the clay out. He's reshaping them into what he wants them to be. And even the title should lead our minds to to thinking that in Psalm 85. I'm going to geek out for just a minute. This is a little Bible nerd thing, uh, but I think it's so cool. So we begin with Psalm 85, and it says, to the choir master, to the choir master. There's about 55 or 56 psalms that are addressed to this choir master. And, and why we translated that is because we set it in this context of music, probably within the temple. Uh, and so when you hear choir master, let me just guess what you probably imagine, because I imagine the same thing, if you're like me, maybe you're not. Uh, but I imagine someone uh, up front doing this. Is this what you're imagining with choir master? Yeah, and so we think to the choir master, we're picturing the person who's directing uh, this choir. But if we dig a little bit deeper, the Hebrew word uh, gives us much more powerful meaning to what choir master is. A choir master, and here's where, I don't want to lose you, uh, so if you remember your eighth grade English, uh, that's going to help. If not, I'll help, I'll help along with it. Uh, this word choir master is not in the noun. It's not a person, like a static person. It's actually in a form that, that's emphasized or emphatic, and it's a participle. And before your eyes gloss over, a participle is a verbal noun. Now, before your eyes gloss over, (laughs) a verbal noun is a way to describe something in a noun form, but only in in the verbs, in this action. Let me give you an example. People could come in the door and they say, who are all those people sitting here? I said, oh, this is the congregation. That would be a noun, the congregation. If I wanted to do it as a participle, They say, oh, who are those people? I could describe them by what you're doing. What you're doing then becomes a description. Who are those people? Oh, these are the sitting ones, the ones who are sitting. Or or maybe, hopefully, these are the ones who are listening. These are the listening ones. Uh, So it's a participle. Now, this word choir master now is a participle of, like, so it's a verbal noun, it's doing something, and they're describing this person, this choir master, as what he's doing, and the Hebrew word for what he is doing is something like lead, which is where we get choir master, leading the choir, but it can also be endure, and that's the first definition. It's the one who is enduring, or the one who is conquering, to the one conquering. Now, in Greek, again, I told you I'm geek out for a little bit. In Greek, when they translated this, they translated that word choir master as telos. Now, if you know Greek, 
Probably you don't. You don't need to. But telos is a very well-known word in Greek, and it means something like uh, to the end or to the purpose. Like an aim or a goal is accomplished is the telos. It's the purpose or the goal or the aim or the end. And, and, and so this word, to the choir master, you're thinking this, uh, but I think it could also just as well mean to the one who is enduring to the end and will conquer. That hits a little different. To the one who endures to the end and conquers. And we have this picture already of this great potter who will not throw the clay away and will continue to work and to form him. He forgives. He restores. He covers over our brokenness and sin. The path to peace in our world, which we so long, begins with surrendering to the potter, trusting that he will continue the work that he began. In the end, in our cracks and our breaks, and when things fall apart, that the, the potter will, will continue to shape us into who he wants us to be. This path begins with receiving forgiveness. But here's the next point, point number two. We see that this, uh, this psalm then changes mood a little bit to turning to prayer, turning to prayer. The mood changes uh, from forgiveness to the present situation. So they had been forgiven. They're back in the land. They, they had messed up and were, were rebels uh, against the Lord. He had forgiven them, restored them. They're back in the land, and they look and go, we messed up again. Now what? The, the walls of that clay are falling in again. And so they ask, they turn to the Lord and they ask in prayer. So it's a corporate prayer that we'll have here. So I'm actually going to ask you to, to pray this along with me from verses 4 to verse 7. They won't, uh, they won't find peace in talking about the Lord. They only find peace when they turn to the Lord and talk to Him. So I'm going to ask you to do that this morning. Psalm 85.4 if you want to read along with me or pray along with me. Restore us again, O God of our salvation. And put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. The Lord's patient and kind. And as they've returned to the land, he's reshaped them. They find themselves messed up again. And so rather than trying to fix themselves up again and trying to shape themselves up again, they turn back to the Lord and they turn to prayer. The clay is broken and fallen once more. Lord, the cycle just keeps going. I ask for forgiveness. And the Lord's like, I forgive you. I restore you. And then the next day, I do the same thing again. Will you be angry with me forever? How is this ever going to stop, Lord? I can't get it right. They understood the cycle. God forgives. They mess up. God responds in his holiness again. Is this going to go on forever? Is there no end to the sacrifices? Is there no peace? Is there no completion? How will it all be made whole? So they pray, show us your steadfast love. Let, let, let me see it, Lord. We, we need to see it, observe it. Show us your steadfast love, Lord, that this love could bring salvation. Well, there might be an area in your life that you don't experience peace, and I'm just going to simply ask you, have you turned and talked to the Lord about it? 
Not try to fix it on your own, not ask somebody else for a prayer, but you yourself just go, Lord, I need help. I've messed up again. Lord, how is this going to end? How are you going to continue to refine me and shape me, turning to the Lord in prayer? And this brings us to our third movement in the path to peace. We receive forgiveness. We've turned to the Lord. And in that moment, it's the good news. The third movement in this prayer is hearing peace. Hearing peace. The song changes moods once again. It goes from the plural to the singular. The music fades. The voices fade away. And we hear a single voice. A single voice that has quieted his heart to listen and listen to the Lord speak. And he speaks one word. Psalm 85 and verse, five, or verse 8. Now watch it go from the plural to the singular here. He says, let me hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. That glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground, and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. The writer has quieted his heart. He's turned to the Lord in prayer. He's received the forgiveness, and he hears the Lord speak over him one word. The Lord speaks peace. It's the Hebrew word shalom. Shalom. And it's, it's this more than a, a, like an absence of war or, or conflict. It can be used as a greeting or, or a blessing. But it's this inward state of being complete and whole. The word actually means like soundness, satisfaction, peace. It's when this peace like invades every area of your, of your life and you just sit and you're like, oh, I'm satisfied in it all. It's hearing your creator speak over you. It's going to be okay. You're going to get through this. I got gotcha. you. I'm not done working yet. Just, just hold on. Peace. In the potter's hands, you are right where he wants you to be. He is shaping and forming you just how he wants you to be. And we have the promise that he will bring it to completion. You're not ruined. He will restore you. You're not broken and he's going to throw you out. There's this peace of being in the Father's hands, knowing that he's going to continue to shape and form you. He's going to have victory in the end as he brings it to completion. And then beginning really in verse 10 through 11, we get this description of how this is going to happen. How are we going to experience this peace? And he talks about the steadfast love and this faithfulness meeting. So somewhere these two are away, and they're meeting in there. And then we get, uh, in verse 11, uh, further on, we get that the faithfulness actually is what's on down here, and the righteousness is up on the sky. So faithfulness and righteousness, and, and so if you replace those like an equation, then you see that steadfast love is up there with righteousness, and, they, and they're meeting faithfulness, and when they're meeting faithfulness in, in this place, then there's peace. 
If you think about righteousness, right? righteousness is this right standing between you and God and people. It's a right standing before the law. And if anything would show your cracks and your flaws and your failures, it's God's righteousness. But that righteousness is coming down from above, coupled with the steadfast love, and it's meeting with peace. They're like overlapping. And this peace is, it's, it's, remember, it's not devoid of like wars or violence. It's this completeness, this wholeness. So this righteousness that shows your cracks and everything that you're not, and this peace that completes you. Those two overlap as like the kingdom of God is like come on this land like rain. And the faithfulness that comes up from the ground. And those two overlap in a baby in a manger. Jesus, through his life and his death, we are made complete. Peace comes through a baby in a manger. And that's why in the Old Testament they call him the Prince of Peace. He restores, he completes, he forgives, he covers up, he brings peace. Isaiah 9 and verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Wholeness and Completeness. The angels that come on that day that Jesus is born, they testify to the same thing as this steadfast love and righteousness come down to the earth and it rises up in faithfulness in this one. His kingdom overlaps ours and brings the peace that we long for. Luke 2 and verse 13. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. It's like no matter what is happening on the world outside, no matter what's crumbling and breaking, there is this return to Jesus that will quiet your hearts, that he will whisper over you, peace. I gotcha. He's doing something. He started something. He's going to carry it to completion. The potter is not going to throw the clay out. We get this this story of actually a a potter in in the book of Jeremiah. It's a promise as even they're coming uh, out of the land of exile in Babylon, back to the promised land, they can remember the words of Jeremiah. This is in chapter 18 in verse 1. It says, this is the message that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. I will give you my message there. So I went down to the potter's house and saw him working with the clay at the wheel. He was making a pot from clay, but there was something wrong with the pot. So the potter used the clay to make another pot. With his hands, he shaped the pot the way he wanted it to be. Where do you need that peace this morning? Where is it that you just feel like, man, it just feels like things are just uh, coming undone? Like they're just falling apart all around me. Let me, let me ask you, uh, have you received God's forgiveness? Because if you haven't, if you're an enemy of God, you'll never find peace in this world. There's nothing you can do to complete you. It'll just be more of you and the lack of you. You need something outside of you. 
God says in Ecclesiastes, he put eternity in the hearts of man so that we search for things. And they're beautiful. And we think that's really good and that's really good. But none of it satisfies until the eternal comes in, Jesus. If you haven't received forgiveness of Jesus, don't leave here without doing that. You'll truly experience the peace of God this season. And if you have, if you've experienced that peace, maybe you just need to say law. Maybe you just need to pause and remember. As you've picked up those burdens and that shame, you need to go, no, these are not mine to carry, and just lay them down. Maybe you need to turn to prayer. Maybe you need to talk to God about it. Not talk about God, but talk to him. And maybe you just need to hear him whisper over you, peace. I gotcha. This inward state of being whole in the potter's hands. Jesus himself, as he's walking around with his disciples, says how many times, peace to you. Peace, this overflow of this inward completeness and wholeness that he can share with others, that now as Christians that we receive, we can share with our world as as well. So as you go out in the world, you can pronounce shalom, peace to you. Jesus says this in Luke 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives you, do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Peace. Let's pray. Lord, every day we live in this world, and we come into the brokenness, the chaos, the evil of the world around us. Lord, would you allow us to be people of repentance who continually turn to you and lay down our burdens, our sin, our shame, to hear you pronounce peace over us, to give us the life and the joy that you have in abundance that is overflowing from the Prince of Peace, that it would invade our worlds even this morning. And if somebody doesn't have that peace or if somebody's come in just carrying something, Lord, would they not leave here? without laying that down, without giving that to Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from Hollyview Church. We invite you to join us in person for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. You can find us on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off of Highway 212 between Boring and Damascus, Oregon, or find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Together, we are being shaped by the gospel, rooted in God's word to share God's grace and truth. Again, whether online or in person, thank you for joining us here at Hollyview Church.